This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Despite what our dear friend Brian Romy says, this is episode 36 of At The Turn. Welcome in. We have a big show for you today. Had to do an emergency pod because of a very special exemption. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, there is a Ryder Cup captain that was named for the U.S. team that happened today. We're recording on Wednesday evening. J.B. Holmes takes way too long to putt. I went to Royal Hawaiian at Nick's recommendation. And much more. Nick, how are you? I'm very good. The Wednesday night pod. I kind of I kind of like this action a little bit. And it's funny that you mentioned Brian Romy because I was going to give him a shout out a little later on in this podcast. So, um, yeah, let's do it, Joe. Talk about, All right. Uh, your boy getting uh, the Ryder Cup captain pick. I yeah. like captain's pick. I guess that's confusing. That's confusing. Because captain's pick is when somebody who's not good enough to be on the team otherwise gets put on the team. Yeah, what are you trying to say right now? Are you trying to talk about Steve Stricker? Are you trying to yeah, talk I'm about Tony Romo? I'm talking about Steve Stricker. Okay. So that is the uh, captain for the U.S. team in 2020. Um, Tiger gives a ringing endorsement today, said they couldn't have picked a more perfect captain for the team. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. He's been a part of the Ryder Cup teams and President's Cup teams for off and on for 20 years. He had that dry spell there where his career kind of went away for about five, six years. But other than that, he's been a big part of these teams. And, you know, where the Ryder Cup is being held also is a big factor. It's in his neck of the woods. So I think it makes sense, Nick. He's going up against uh, Patty Harrington for the European side. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I, you know, Steve Stricker is a likable guy. Uh, it's in his home state of Wisconsin, so that's exciting. Joe, um, Steve Stricker has two incredible accomplishments in his career that I don't even know were possible. 
Tell me. Number one, he is he pulled off the three-peat at the John Deere Classic. He defended his title two years in a row. He was the John Deere Classic champion 2009, 2010, and 2011. That's incredible. I mean, to go back to back to back in any event is pretty amazing. I, I can't imagine it's happened too often. Tiger, I'm sure, has done it. Jack's done it. But, you know, even the really good second-tier players probably haven't done something like that. That's amazing. And, you know, that, that course and that venue makes sense. It's kind of a place where you can slap it around a little bit and relies more on the wedge game, which is why Jordan Spieth always plays so well there. And I think he's won a couple times as well. But, okay, what is, oh, what that, is the other? That represents 25% of Steve Stricker's PGA Tour victories. So three of his 12 at the John Deere Classic in a three-year run. Okay, the other – this one I think is even more incredible, Joe, because based on this honor, it, would, it seems like it would be impossible to win it two years in a row. But Steve Stricker found a way to be the comeback player of the year in consecutive years. <laughs> what? So, what years were those? Like 07, 08? Uh, 06, 07. Okay. Well, that that makes sense because I mentioned a little bit earlier the uh, little down part of his career. So, when he was like a younger guy, he, you know, was a pretty solid player. And then, for whatever reason, his career just stopped in its tracks and he couldn't figure it out. And so, he comes back. He gets to the point where he is a PGA Tour player again. And then I assume what probably happened was he won one or two tournaments. And they're like, well, it's probably Steve again. And they give it to him in back-to-back years. I just imagine these guys sitting around the room being like, who's the comeback player of the year? Like, who was a guy who was like completely not relevant? And now he, like, he's back. Like, this guy is back. Like Steve Stricker. All right. And then the next year, they're like, all right, well, like, Steve Stricker was back. Last year, but now he's really back. I don't know. It's, it's incredible. So um, I, I'm excited for. It. I think it's. I, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I mean, I think I love talking about the Ryder Cup, Joe. I don't think it's too soon to talk about the Ryder Cup every episode from now until next September. Um, Stricker was in three Ryder Cups. Just a little bit of his resume that's that's on the more practical side. He won with the U.S. team in 2008 and was also on the team in 2010, 2012. Three seven and one career Ryder Cup record. So, um, but but you know what? You're not going to find a lot of Americans of that that generation with a with a real sparkling Ryder Cup resume. So you know, it just kind of is what it is. Stricker peaked at number two in the official World Golf Rankings. This was two years after, so you could have given him the Comeback Player of the Year award once again because this was in 2009. Um, I did not he, realize that he was that high ranked of a player at any point in his career. That's that's damn impressive. Just ten years ago, yeah. So uh, he was the vice captain on the 2018 Ryder Cup team as well. So, yeah, that's a, a little bit of the Steve Stricker resume. I'm excited for him. I think it makes sense. I assume the U.S. team is going to win at home. But, you know, call me in 2022 when it's time to win on European soil. It sounds stupid because we just had one in Europe, and they happen as often as a presidential election. But until the U.S. starts winning in Europe, there's it's going to be this stigma around the United States compared to Europe as a collection of golfers, don't you think? Yeah, uh, you just reminded me of something that that. All right, presidential election, September of 2020. Do you think there's going to be a lot of like 
political undertones in this Ryder Cup that's on American soil in 2020, you know, 60 days before a, a probably heated presidential election? Do you think that's like a going to be a thing? No, because thinking about it, we're now at a point where the cycle is every Ryder Cup on American soil is in a presidential election year. The last one on U.S. soil was 2016, 2012. And I think they actually switched that because of 9-11. Like, I think they got – like it used I'm saying, to be odd years, yeah. And then I believe changed. so. But now everyone coincides with the presidential election. So look at that. You learned something here on At The Turn today. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, Ryder Cup, we'll make it a regular segment. I'm into it. Uh, I'm also into Tony Romo. Another regular segment on this podcast. <laughs> we're, we're, coming, we're coming so predictable. I don't have Tiger in this rundown, so you know, at least we're at least we're latching on to someone new now. Yeah. So Tony Romo gets a exemption into the Byron Nelson Classic. That's awesome. Yeah. I, what are I your thoughts? I think, I mean, personally, I absolutely love it. Um, this is a sponsor's exemption doing what a sponsor's exemption is supposed to do. I've got two takes on this. Number one, there's two camps. So there's the people who say he doesn't deserve it and he's taking a spot away from a guy who does deserve it and taking a spot away from a guy who you could be, you know, a, a guy who's on the cusp, who's like a touring professional on a lower tour who, who might make a cut and actually change his career. Uh, so you're, there's the people who always say you're taking a spot away from him. I think this is a sponsor's exemption doing what exactly what it's supposed to do. It's generating interest for people like you and me. Um, makes me want to watch that much more. And it's always fun to see because you and I know Tony Romo is an incredible golfer. and He's, he's way better than 98% of the guys who tee it up at your normal club. So to see what just how he fares against the best in the world on toughest courses. Um, it kind of gives a little perspective, I think, that you don't get just from week to week. As fun as it's probably going to be for Romo, there's a lot of pressure in this situation because he's gotten one previously, a PGA Tour exemption, but it was an off-field event and it was very low profile. So Romo, I don't even, I mean, the, it was the sort of thing where they didn't have a lot of cameras there. It was that sort of PGA Tour event where you're looking at a lot of faraway angles. So the profile of it was, was it a lot like of What's that? Stable, was it the Stableford event in Reno? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. But, I mean, seriously, though, Nick, if Robo goes out there and shoots a pair of 82s, it looks pretty bad, don't you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's not great. Um, that, that's kind of what's to be expected. I bet you he'll break 80 once. So you expect him to shoot you, – you, you, the idea of making the cut doesn't even enter the equation for you. Um, I mean, I'll I'm an optimistic guy, so like, I'll convince myself there's a chance. In Romo – do you know when this is? I, I, didn't, I didn't look up the dates. I think it's in May. It's in May. So he's got a little bit of time to, to work on the game. And he's oh, he's going to be grinding away, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I could see him go like – 76, 74. I don't know. I mean, he, I don't think he'll make the cut. No, but I can, you know, I think he'll be, he might be five DJ tour players. Yeah. He, he, he won't make the cut. I think Steph Curry has sort of set the bar for athletes from other sports getting exemptions into professional golf tournaments. He flirted with the cut for a day. Um, 
and I think ultimately finished like seven over for a couple of days. And that's pretty impressive for a guy who was that. It's a very respectable. Yeah, it's 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 really respectable. So I think that if Romo can get to somewhere around that, it's great. And you know, if he's if he's hovering around eighty, that's fine too. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be fun to see no matter what happens. I just think that if his score is there's a cutoff where if your score is so bad, they're not going to let this happen again. Like if he goes 88 in the first round, then like it's over. This is the last time we're going to see Rome on the PGA tour. So he's got to, I think like 82, 83 is the number where he's got to like, that's, that's, he'll say his goal is to make the cut, but in the back of his head, it's like, all right, let's just, let's just not make doubles. We'll, we'll make bogeys. We'll smile. We'll talk to Jim Nance afterward and we'll do it again in two years. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, he's going to go out there. He's going to make some birdies. There's going to be some really cool highlights of, of Romo. I mean, I just can't wait to see like the Romo graphic and, and see the red number next to his FedEx Cup score. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I, I think if he gets one round in the 70s and one in the low 80s, he'll be fine. Did you watch any of the uh, Genesis Open in Los Angeles? I actually did watch a decent amount of it. I watched the most of the back nine on, on Sunday. Um, was pulling for Justin Thomas for a couple reasons. I had a fake. He was he was in my pool of players for my fake bet, but I uh, couldn't quite get it done. Jamie Holmes taking a lot of heat for his pace of play, Joe. Yeah, so I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter about JB Holmes being incredibly slow and how slow golf is the worst thing about golf, and we can all agree on one thing: slow golf sucks. So. How how bad was it? Like, was it an exaggeration? How and it's related to his putting, right? Yeah, he 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 does the plumb bobbing, so he's like holding the putter between his eyes when he's flying up his putt. And I think the thing, to be honest, I didn't necessarily notice it while I was watching. Um, like I was doing some other stuff too, so I, I wasn't just like sitting there waiting for him to putt. Um, and I wasn't like scrolling through Twitter while I was watching the tournament. So I, I just didn't, like see everybody freaking out. Um, but he does. And the thing that everyone was complaining about the most is that he doesn't start his routine until it's his turn. Like he doesn't start oh. collecting information until it's his turn to putt. And then he'll, and then he'll walk to the other side of the hole, look at his putt from every angle, stand behind it, mark it four times, do his plumb bobbing. And he was, he was even like plumb bobbing on a six foot, or not six foot, a six inch like tap in for like a second putt. And people are just, what is wrong with this guy? Uh, so it's getting bad. And people are saying also that he's doing it intentionally to like throw his opponents out of sync. So if that's the case, that's not cool. Um, certainly there's some things he could do to expedite his process. But at the same time, there's nobody putting him on the clock, there's nobody holding him accountable. So what's, what's to make him change? I mean, he won. $1.3 million for this. Um, so he's got a lot of reasons not to want to change unless somebody's going to hold him to the fire a little bit. I just don't remember if this is a thing that J.B. Holmes has always done. I don't, I don't remember him. I don't remember this being attached to him before literally the final round on Sunday. Like, I didn't know this was a thing with him. But for you to say that it's potentially intentional that he is doing this with some sort of purpose as like gamesmanship. I think that's pretty lame. That is probably the most tedious way to rattle your opponent. And maybe that means it kind of works, but as a viewer, it's terrible. And I just, 
think that if there is a rule where you have a set amount of time before you can actually, or before you, a required amount of time where you have to hit the shot, then someone should be timing you, especially if it is becoming so obvious to anyone viewing what's occurring that he is in violation of that rule. You have to hold him accountable. Was, was there any, did anything come out and say why there wasn't any sort of penalty assessed to him? No, I haven't seen anything like that. I haven't either. Uh, you know, he has had the uh, the brain surgery. So some people are coming to his defense a little bit, saying it takes him a little bit longer to process some information, um, which by all means, Joe, I've never had any brain surgery, so I, I can't speak to that. I'm not going to hold anything against him. Uh, I never got the impression that he was doing it um, as gamesmanship, but but people on Twitter will say anything and not the one of the things they were saying. So I don't know. Like I said, I didn't even notice it was an issue when I was watching, but he, he has acknowledged that it was a problem before. He has a quote, actually, he said, when I first got out here on tour, um, I was really slow, but I sped it up quite a bit. I've gotten better. There's been times when I'm probably too slow, but it is what it is. I'm never on the clock. Um, so I really think that if anybody wants to see change who has some power, they got to start putting it on the clock and, and others as well. I mean, DJ Tour is going to give away penalties for a caddy standing behind you, and they've got to look at this too. Yeah, I it just it just is frustrating as a viewer. It's frustrating as someone who plays golf, and I just hope they do something about it. Nicholas, shall we take a break, and then I will regale you with stories of uh, Royal Hawaiian. Can't wait. All right, Nick. Well, as I mentioned, coming up, we're going to talk about my excursion at Royal Hawaiian. It was a good round, but I was a little bit off. You know, the yardages were off. I couldn't tell if it was the elevation at first, and then it dawned on me. I didn't have my vice golf balls. I've gotten so used to the vice golf ball, how it performs, how consistent it is, that it took me a long time to adjust, and it really affected my game. Just make sure you use promo code Nick. This won't happen to you. N-I-C-K. Golf balls, bags. The Vice bag is beautiful. I got a Vice backpack. I'm all Viced up. Promo code Nick. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Do it. Joe, I was thinking recently, and I felt really bad. Uh, you know when somebody asks for a movie recommendation and you, like, hype up some movie and you just you get so excited about it and then they watch it and you can just kind of tell that they want to tell you it was great, but you know it wasn't as great for them as it was for you. I feel like that's what I did to you with Royal Hawaiian, but I want your honest opinion of the course in the jungle. So you're worried that Royal Hawaiian is like the Roma of golf courses? You hear Roma is great, and then you watch it, and you're like, that was just two and a half hours of black and white subtitles. That's, that's nothing. That's exactly my fear. Fear not, Nick. Royal Hawaiian was an incredible experience. So... Let me let me back up a little bit. I called this this golf course was recommended by Nick, who's lived in Hawaii for what what, what do we figure out about about, about four years Co of your life? Uh, not quite that, yeah, but a couple years, a couple times, a couple years, a couple times. And I asked, what golf course on Oahu do I need to play if I'm going to play one? Nick said, you got to play Royal Hawaiian. You're in the rainforest. You're in the jungle. So I said, okay, I'll do it. My plan was to get there at six thirty before the sun came up, be the first person on the golf course. So we're in Hawaii, we're having a nice time, and we have a couple drinks. It's like 7 o'clock, still going to get to bed early. It's going to be fine. I'm going to make the tea time. It's not going to be a problem. Well, we're walking in some shops. Girlfriend asks, hey, is there a fun place to do karaoke around here? We want to do a song or two as a nightcap. She says, I got the spot for you. 
It's called the in-between little hole in the wall, gay bar, karaoke bar. You're going to have a great time. Three hours, eight songs, and like five Long Islands later, we are making our way home, finally get to bed about the stroke of 11. Get up about 4.30, in no condition to be doing what I'm doing. Get myself to the golf course, somehow weaving around five mile an hour roads, 10 mile an hour roads, just the darkness of Hawaii. But Nick, I get there and they set me up with these rental clubs. I'm good to go. The starter, I hand him my ticket, he looks at it. He shakes his head and goes, oh, not worth it today, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? And he proceeded to tell me that there's been just torrential rain in the area and the golf course is a mess. He's like, you know winter rules? Today you're gonna play hurricane rules. If you can find any grass, put the ball there. I'm like, oh my God, what am I walking into? So he oversold it a little bit. It wasn't quite that bad, but I get out there and Nick, you did not exaggerate. You are literally surrounded by rainforest and just massive trees and mountainsides everywhere. And you know, even though the course was wet, I had the unique experience of playing it by myself. I didn't see another person out there until I was on the eighth hole and they were like, you know, six holes behind me. So I cruised in like two and a half hours. Uh, the sticks that I rented, Took me a little bit to figure out. <laughs> I was snapping into the woods for a while, but I figured it out on the back. And uh, wow, just just an incredible round of golf. If, if if anyone is going to Oahu and looking for a unique golf experience, just please, I couldn't agree more with Nick. Check out Royal Hawaiian. It's first class. Everyone there is super cool. It's not like stuffy though. It's a really good atmosphere. So thank you very much for that recommendation, my friend. It was wonderful. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I wish. Uh... Which I could play more courses like that all the time because it's just, I just remember being on that course and wanting to take photos more than I wanted to play golf. <laughs> I think that was part of the problem of the front nine was I was so busy like Instagramming and taking pictures and just like, because everywhere I looked, I mean, we, we went on a hike in a similar area and I took like 80 pictures because you're just, everywhere you turn, you're just surrounded by something new and crazy and beautiful and just like with the sky and the angles and you know, it actually rained a few times while we were over there, but it was great that it rained. It was like just constant changing weather. It was, um, God, it was incredible, man. Anyway, in, in summation, Hawaii is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Do we even want to attempt, I put Bet's update on our rundown to end things. Do we have a handle on this yet? Oh, yeah. So we got on lockdown. Oh. Um, yeah. You've got $145 remaining in your fake betting account. You got a couple live bets out there. You've got uh Pierre Dash, Happy Bon Rat, 50 to 1 to win any major this year. The Bon Rat. Which seems like a lock. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's that's your only live bet. I got a I got um Yeah, tell them your live bet. I've got 165 left. I've got a couple I've got three live bets out there. Two from last week. Kucher, well actually one was a while ago. Kucher um to win the PGA plus 5,000, so that, that's looking pretty good. Uh, the President's Cup to be a tie, a, a plus 1,200. And then I'm putting a new one out here this week, uh, $25 on Gary Woodland to win down in Mexico at 37 to 1. Oh, I like that one. So, um, yeah, we're we're playing around, Joe. We're, we're playing a little bit. I still uh, the only one who hasn't hit a bet yet. But, you know, we, we got some out there. I've been a little fast and loose in the early going, so I'm going to take this week off. Uh, I got a little overconfident because I hit 
Tiger for a top 20. And then I put Ricky in a top 10 bet and he won. And then I thought, okay, we, we, we got a lock. And I got to be honest, Adam Scott was around. The, I, I had him oh, last oh, week oh, oh. in Genesis. And uh, Adam Scott was hanging around in the tournament. And damn, if he didn't blow up on Sunday along with Justin Thomas, I think I looked at it. He only had to shoot like a 69 on Sunday to win that tournament, maybe less. And uh, boy, didn't get it done. I would have had him at. Uh, what thirty three to one? That would have been tasty. Yeah, thirty three. Yeah, we were both look. It looked like one of us was going to hit because yeah. because uh, Justin Thomas and Adam Scott were in the final group. Neither of them got it done. But guys were not going low in the late groups on Sunday. So um, you know, hats off to JB Hall. So uh, Nick, if I'm not mistaken, we got the players coming up in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like all the advertising the PGA Tour is doing for the players makes me like it even less like you could go oh, back dude. on this podcast a year ago and i was like oh, i really like the players i really like the players and now i think cbs must get a million dollars every time they put a graphic on tv that has the players logo next to all the majors logos and it just makes me want to puke every single time so yeah i'm, I'm rapidly losing interest in the players and, along with phil nicholson yeah, Phil uh, Phil is just showing off his big calves and uh, not <laughs> wanting to play in the Players' Championship, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll uh, I'll tune in, I guess. But I, it's, it's for, for Phil, it's not a must-play. For me, it's, it's not necessarily a must, you know, put away whatever else I'm doing that weekend. So, I don't know. It's just kind of a not-to-play. Well, that changes one way if uh, the man in red is contending on Sunday. Then we'll be watching the Players' Championship. Yeah, I mean, then we'll watch Tiger Woods. Uh, should, we, uh, should, we, should we put a bow on it? That's everything I got. I mean, these Wednesday pods, you know, there's, um, there's a lot less to talk about. So we've got WGC coming up. Bill's defending his title. I think uh, that'll be exciting. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Then we'll, we'll touch base again when we need to. Sounds like a plan, buddy. Stay warm out there. All right, Joe, we're welcome back to the mainland. Uh, enjoy the rest of your blazer season. Mahalo. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.